1: The future mystery, this moment is
2: the gift. Every I'm so excited. It is an amazing show already for so many different reasons, but we are actually going to be celebrating our daughter and our son's birthdays. Yes. And um, it's amazing because the Native Americans say what is the most sacred ceremony that you can attend? And they talk about the ceremony, listing all of the different ceremonies. This was from our friend, uh, Chief Phil Lane, mm. who said the most sacred ceremony is the the birth of a child. Mm. And so my, I am so excited that we're celebrating that this month. And, as a child, this is Dr. Sarah Larson, a
1: <laughs>
2: miracle maker with my miracle maker husband. I got to celebrate and honor my parents just mm. recently in Santa Barbara at this incredible experience. Baby, will you set us up for that just a little bit of what it was like?
1: Well, well-deserved. You won Entrepreneur the reward. award. From the American Riviera Women's uh, Entrepreneur of the Year Award, I think it was, yeah, our way, and um, and which is very fitting because you not only are you a beautiful entrepreneur, but you're a beautiful humanitarian, and you do so much, you give back so much. It was well deserved, my love. And with the opportunity, you invited your parents to come out from New Orleans, and they said yes, and they came out, and it was set up this most. I was in tears the whole time, and I'm you know I'm a. Six foot three, 200 pound, you know, and, and tough Viking. And it was like it was so touching because you you took your full time just to honor your parents for all that they gave to you, for all that they've sacrificed for you. And it was such a beautiful, heart touching moment.
2: We're going to play that for you. This um, one of my friends that w- came to witness mm. the speech posted it on Facebook. She would mm. recorded it and. So we're going to play that for you to honor my parents Mm. and to honor, just very briefly before we bring in our amazing in-studio guest, I want every one of you Miracle Makers to hear this. And this was something that my daughter drew for me, and I want to just tell you a little story about my mom. This beautiful woman standing in the green dress... This extraordinary woman was 13 when she got married, 14 when she had her first child. She went to school pregnant in Pakistan, 15 when she had me, in a field where my grandmothers gave me birth. This beautiful, extraordinary woman has raised doctors and lawyers, And whatever it is that you've wanted to bring into the world, you sitting in this room, you've done it. I am alive and well. My parents amazingly got to go back and donate their land to build schools for girls in Pakistan. Yes. The toilet pool paper rolls with a thousand counts. That's my dad. <laughs> That's the power of education. That's the power of you giving. One of my favorite people on the planet is this young man named Emmanuel Kelly. He was found in a shoebox and. A Western woman adopted him. and But for the grace of God, there go we. He got adopted and he was able to go back and see these lands where he was from through another Western woman that adopted him and shared the stories of the orphanage. And these young kids asking, these young babies saying, Why don't they like us? And this young man said, oh, they do like us. They do. They just don't know us yet. Please, please reach out to someone you don't know yet and listen to their stories. And this is from my daughter. Life continues to go on. Life continues to blossom. What we give to our kids continues to give life. So, thank you. Thank you. Thank you all for listening to that speech. And what's so important parts that were not caught on film is when we as a society have now connected and when as an immigrant coming to this country any kindness that was shown to me has come back to this land tenfold any kindness that has been given to my dad anything that has been given because we're so grateful because not just us but immigrants those that come in and beautifully are uh, citizens of the world citizens of the world wind up being able to give to not just the generation that's just there but to future generations because they carry the old world they carry this amazing grit within them to make a better world and and um anyone that has given any kindness to another human being or spent any amount of becoming kinder to themselves you are giving to the future generations and i wanted i really wanted every person to hear that speech because it is possible to be living in the world of our dreams as global citizens based on the inner dialogue, the inner conversations, and also the way that we show up in the outer world. And um, there's so much I could share about that, but mm-hmm. we have such an amazing in-studio guest. And uh, he is a citizen of the world. He was, uh, um, his experience as a young child and, and the way that he came to the world really truly had him reaching to understand himself, understand the world, understand what's possible for humanity. We have beautifully in studio Swami Premadaya and his beautiful son, Val Nathan. We're so... Welcome,
1: welcome. (laughs) Welcome,
2: welcome, miracle makers. Welcome, welcome, Swami and Val. We're so... Grateful to have you come in, and we're so excited for you to share what what's coming forward. And all of the work that you do internationally is so so beautiful and brilliant. So welcome to Sunset Gower UBN Studio and. Um Swami I'd love for you to start and share with us well, I just shared a little bit about you being a citizen of the world I'd love to, for you to share a little bit of your story of being born your parents mm-hmm. in that journey Sure
3: Well thank I think that's probably the nicest introduction I've ever gotten <laughs> <laughs> And when I heard you listen to you just now talk about Immigrants, wow, that was tremendously right on because mm. you can look at that status as a handicap, certainly. There's aspects to it that are challenging, and certainly my parents came with nothing and uneducated, basically people of the last century and the previous People of the 19th, not the 20th century. So I think the, the hardships and the difficulties, not speaking the language, not knowing the culture, I think all of that is obvious. I think what isn't obvious is the gift and the blessing and the advantage in it, which is very simply that you start, and the, the term I use is the term you're using, You start as a citizen of the world, even as a small child. I was really aware that your geography, where you're born, what your national allegiances are, that's arbitrary. It's fine. It's not a problem. But if you use it as a way to put yourself higher than other people, it can easily become a problem. But to me, it's a fantastic advantage because without it you everybody is in the position of having to wrestle their way to that position of seeing yourself as in essence belonging to the whole world to to all countries one country another country this country has a strange egotistic attitude it's very common to hear we're the greatest country there's mm. no such thing as the greatest country every country has its good points. Every country has its bad points. Every country has its strengths. Every country has its weaknesses. It's really kind of offensive to declare, we're the, whoever you are, whatever country, yeah, yeah. Declare, we're the greatest country. We're a great country, guess what? Every country is a great country. Every country has its own flavor and something to add to the pot. But the spiritual journey has to be, always includes no matter how you perceive it always includes moving more and more towards the universal so i had the good fortune as a as a refugee and an immigrant to start as a citizen of the world that's not far enough you have to become then a citizen eventually of the whole universe Mm. and eventually of all of existence and that simply represents the the factual nature of things so Mm. it can't it can't be just it's beautiful if it starts for you as a philosophy and as an attitude but it has to become your actual experience that you experience yourself as a citizen of everything that exists and as a participant and as a completely a part of everything else the the wholeness of things can't be thought of in sections yeah. so until that's your experience you have a beautiful length of journey yet to go <laughs> and i encourage everybody to go all the way and mm. do that
2: that's so beautiful, Swami, mm. and I, I know that you um your family uh, moved here from Germany and were Holocaust survivors yes. and very, very emotionally difficult times, and that is part of the lens through which she started to see early life yes. here, through that lens. I'd love for you to share a little bit around how you moved into psychology and where you grew up, and then coming out to California, mm-hmm. you've you had to make miracles happen for you along the way, every step because of language, because your family was shut down emotionally. Mm-hmm. Those things. I how- know that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> how did you figure that out? <laughs> <laughs> you've been telling her something. <laughs> Well, I don't think you can be more shut down. They mm. were pretty, uh, and I think that goes long before any war experience. I think they started out handicapped. Both those people, um, so they were tr- they were troubled people certainly, and had their had their issues. And the thing the thing I think that is always always has been striking in my mind is simply the fact where I give them credit. There's a lot of things that. Uh, aren't always obvious, and where I give them credit is just the fact that they did it. Just the fact that mm. they made a life for us, made a life for themselves, and because they literally didn't, didn't comprehend until uh, the day each of them died. They really didn't comprehend this nation, this culture, the American way. They, re- they really, resi- they, very atypically, for refugees, they resisted assimilating, and not out of a pride of their background, just they, they couldn't handle it. <laughs> they couldn't adapt. Yeah. So mm. ne- what I'm saying is, nevertheless, they managed to persist. Nevertheless, they managed to make a life. Nevertheless, they raised a child. Nevertheless, they did what they did. They made a lot of mistakes. They did a lot of, a lot of things very poorly and they did a lot of things wrong, but they, they did it.
2: They did it. And um, you're speaking possibly to there's millions of people in refugee camps right now, children that are listening to this with parents shut down. And this is something that you experienced. What do you say?
3: Tens of the figures, I don't remember the exact. Uh, I know the figures are tens of millions. Tens really of globally. millions.
2: I, I think yeah. it was twenty-two million yeah. people yeah. are living in refugee camps, and that's right? the conservative. And that's the conservative. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, and so, we
3: lived. We lived in actually, I found out in adulthood. I found out. I uh, found some material. I, we lived in the worst ref, post post World War II refugee camp because the. People who were running it did not understand the nature of what the purpose of the camp was, and the people who they did not understand the uh, situation of the people who were living there that they were actually dispossessed and displaced persons and refugees, and it was supposed to be somewhere to um, start life over again and kind of as a launching pad for going out and restarting Mm -hmm. your life. They viewed it as these people were prisoners and that their main objective, their main task was to make sure that nobody escaped. And it was run as a prison camp. It was not run as, it was, the mentality was prison camp. So it was bread and water rations. It was very primitive. Um, Central Germany, so the weather was, you know, cold winters, hot summers. Uh, My earliest memory is we lived in a mud hut. There was a Wooden fire in the middle and that's what there was <laughs> and floor the floor was the dirt so it's, it's really privation and deprivation conditions. later a um, general this is all on our website links to all this information an uh, American general toured the camps and he came to this camp and he was so he saw, he saw so clearly and he mm. was so alarmed at what he saw that he immediately contacted the president. Because this was this was an American refugee camp run by the American milit- the American Army. And he said, there's a travesty going on here. We can't have this. They said, we're America. We can't have uh, people being treated like this. He immediately, and he had the authorities, you know, like a top general. He immediately relieved the colonel who was running it. He said, you don't understand what your job is. He immediately fired him put in somebody who did he immediately ordered that food be brought to the camp that we can't be giving people bread and water day in and day out That clothes, but he immediately changed the conditions and I remember when mm. things suddenly got better So
2: that's so beautiful wow. Yeah. thank you for sharing that and Miracle Makers if you're listening to this and you have more than bread and water at your table and at your disposal right now and you have freedom to go outside of wherever you are to really, really come from that space of gratitude, a young kid being able to recognize the change in power. Yeah. That I,
3: I remember my first non-bread and water or milk meal. I remember exactly what I, I can taste it every time I think mm. about
2: it. Oh, that's I can tell so you exactly mean. what
3: was on the plate, and it was. It, I experienced it like a miracle. I thought I had gone. To, when I tasted real food for the first time, I go.
1: Oh, it was so it was so wonderful. I yeah. cannot
3: even there're no words to tell you how wonderful that felt. I couldn't believe the nature of the taste.
2: That's mm. so so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And we've got your miracle maker son here as well and he's been sharing just a little bit of the stories of leading trips and some of the miracles that he's made. And what has it been like to be to sort have watch your father and be in a community where he's expressing all of these insights and at the same time you're witnessing all the real man father, the bonding, the feelings growing up in this. Your father's experiences were so different from the experiences that you've had. What's it like when you're hearing this, or part of this community?
3: Mm-hmm. And remember, Tom, being my son is really easy. <laughs> 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 I was thinking about exactly on
4: the way over here, the 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 miracle nature of it, uh, specifically family. Mm. I mean, family itself is, and and what uh, just in the edge of my spiritual development right now. Uh, a year or two ago, someone said, you pick your parents. And I said, that's crazy. No way, no way would this soul pick the parents. I, I rejected it immediately, meditated on it for a day or two, and said, wow, what a good choice, Val, for the lessons we need to learn here and, oh, yes. and what, what can happen. And so driving over here, I was putting together the family and the community. Um, by that, I mean ICODA, our, our, our spiritual organization. I was thinking on the way over here what how like icoda has become a family Mm -hmm. and the people where we have the honor and pleasure of serving in this spiritual way it's it's nothing short of miraculous Mm -hmm. to be able to help these people and work with them as they unfold and they come to these miracles and realize what grace they've had and uh the positives from the experience to have a great example here of what what can happen, you know, how you can rise above tribulations yeah. and difficulties from early on and and go get a scholarship to NYU, get a master's degree, have a great deg- uh, uh, career in psychology from parents who never got a driver's license, right, uh, when you say they, they didn't yeah, adjust. They,
3: they were, good, not exactly, but close to illiterate.
4: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. to go from close to illiterate parents to coming up and heading an international spiritual organization, mm. wow, what an attestment to <laughs> miracle-making. What's making. yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. And, so value- and I can
3: prove I've read a book.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so in, in, the spiritual, in the spiritual world, we hear so much about community, and it literally didn't make a lot of sense until this morning driving here. I was thinking about that, that family nature of community, mm. the relationship you know, it's it's great to have a spiritual goal and hey, let's form a spiritual community. But to get in deep to that whole family component of and and that's that's how it is with the guru relationship is is the the possibility of that depth on the soul level. So, pretty much every day I'm floored when the position I'm in.
2: Is it's, it's that quite, you chose quite this position yeah. and you chose to come to a parent that it started off from the most difficult standpoint and made choices and made decisions and learned to such a degree that is able to give to a community and nurture, not just you and you mm-hmm. becoming an extension of him, nurture a much larger community. So baby, I'd love for you to chime in. Well,
1: I just want to add to that, you know, cause I mean, we are involved in the spiritual communities here in Los Angeles and it's like easy for me to feel like, Someone who is older, who could be my uncle, he feels like my uncle. It's like yeah. you, they, it can take on that depth when you With, share at that level, when you share meals together, when you share experiences together. All of a sudden, even though my uncles are you know, many miles away, yes. thousands of miles away, and we had a richer experience when I was younger, now my uncles, in a sense, are people the spiritual communities that we are in.
2: And so um, our community, Miracle Makers, oh. also the Holman Group, also, we consider ourselves citizens of your community, this international <laughs> center that you've developed for spiritual de- you know for the ac- awakening yeah. for this um, and you bring together people on a regular basis to communicate and interact with one another and wherever you are in the world, one of the things, if you're on a higher vantage point, than any someone else to really be able to communicate with them in a language that they understand in a way that they can feel they're invited to a community and if you happen to be at a lower vantage point in the moment and needing saying god all of the choices that i'm making are not making sense for me or i don't feel alive nothing is exciting me that might be an internal call to find something, a community that's going to ask you deeper questions, going to connect with you in a way that allows you to feel and access what's truly alive within you. And I think it is your website that I read where it said, you know, the first rung of the ladder is psychology. Then the next rung of the ladder, Um, Swami, if you'll take it from here a little bit.
3: Sure. Well, we've all got a psychology. If you're a human being... There's a psychological aspect to you, certainly. There's an emotional aspect. And whatever's going on is going on. That's your psychology. You have a psyche. You look at things a certain way. You've been influenced a certain way. You've been taught a certain way. You experience things how you experience them. All of that together you can, in a rough, kind of simple way, think of as your psychology. So for most people, if you're not yet recognizing the spiritual nature of things, then you're likely to interpret your psychology as kind of, as, that's as far as you can go. That's the, that's the top of the tent. And once the spiritual starts to dawn on you and in you, you start, I think, a little bit, whether it's conscious or unconscious, to realize that the psychology is the starting point of something beyond that, something bigger. So I've just talked about it in the past as psychology is the first rung of the spiritual ladder for most people. And when you get a little more psychologically aware of what's going on in you and a little more emotionally aware of what you feel, then you're starting to move into a position of being able to be more aware of the spiritual aspect in you and the spiritual aspect of all things and it continues to be a growing outward and expansion and increased awareness let let me go back to the comments everybody was making Mm -hmm. about community because it it always flabbergasts me and (laughs) and it's it's my joy to say how completely oblivious and dumb i was because when when we started um international centers of divine awakening Though there was no idea whatsoever, in my mind at least, about community or... None. Never, I'll vouch for that. None whatsoever. Yeah, no. No. <laughs> it ne- I had a very simple mission in my mind. And it, was, it did not involve trying to create a community. It, it really wasn't the way I thought even back then. And it was absolutely an evolution that happened by itself, you could say. At least it didn't happen because I was trying to make it happen, and I was uh, amazed by it. It took me a while to adapt to it and be okay with it. It's like, what's going on here? And now I look back and I think, how could it not occur to me that if we do this work and we're inviting people to a broader spiritual awareness and people respond to that? How could it not? Ha- and it's also, I was very familiar with spirit, various spiritual traditions, and it's just something I knew a lot about because I was so interested in it. And I had read a lot, learned a lot, went and saw a lot. And the fact that it would never occur to me that it's a natural phenomena when you invite people for spirituality, that a community forms. The fact Mm. that 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 didn't occur to me astounds me now. And and I'm very grateful to the people who made it so. They really had to tell us. Other people who are significant people in that community had to kind of make us aware that, hey, you know, this is a community and becoming more of a community and the people in it and the new people who come are looking for that and want that and that was news to me that was news to me because in my life i had never in a conscious way sought community it wasn't it just wasn't in my bailiwick of how i thought of things now it's maybe the chief thing Mm. of how i look at things but it's the people who came the people who shared what they shared the people who came with such trust and such open-heartedness who taught me certainly taught me about community and they're really the ones the people of Icota who made it a community and it's become a, a oh it's such a beautiful community such amazing good-hearted people the my good fortune is for whatever reason and I, I don't think i'll ever figure it out the people who are interested in us or attracted to what we do or feel like can. Benefit from what we do. They're just the most. Their chief quality. Every community has a certain quality. They're just the most good-hearted people. It's just mm. never ceases to amaze me. I, I get a lift from it. You know?
2: It's such a thing of nature when it comes about that way. Things in nature grow. And expand mm-hmm. and open and one of the things that I love about being a miracle maker about the divine awakening is that we're every day you even though you have an idea of who you are you get into the act of becoming more and more who you are and the the access to that is like aha moments in there going oh I I was just doing this area. I was just generating the content that came from my heart connected to this deeper region that's accessed because I'm at such peace in so many areas of my life. And you witness how something has built around you and you step up to that. And those that are around you help you become more of what you can actually be when you allow that conversation to come evolve that way. Um, for, can, can I expand? Oh, on yes.
3: Because you said it beautifully, but I want to. I want to take it way further. Yes. This is what I say now all the time. You know, different periods I've said focused more on different things, emphasized different things. Here's what. I, this is really what I'm emphasizing now. Spirituality is not a self-help project. No. Your life is not a self help project. People, I think, more than ever in our culture, view it that way. That they're kind of, it's kind of up to them that to claw their way. They have to figure it all out. They have to make it happen. But there's no aspect of a living human being where you don't need, I don't need, every single person needs, requires, and deserves massive help. We mm. all need yes. help with literally everything. And you are being helped in every moment in ways you will never become aware of. Your very breath depends on the trees. Yes. Remove all trees and everyone will stop breathing. All breathing creatures will stop breathing immediately. But this, you know, we we don't walk around with this awareness, so you need to think about it sometimes just so it kind of gets planted in there. So there is nothing you ever do, including the things we take completely for granted, like breathing, like walking, like talking. There is nothing we do that isn't part of a shared collective group experience. When you go to bed at night, you don't think about it. But somebody built that bed. You didn't build it. Yes. Mm Yes. You know, the house you go to bed in and eat breakfast in, you, you probably, some did, but most of you didn't build that house. Somebody else built that. All these people are part of the group phenomenon of what we have been taught to think of as my life. And what I'm hoping people are more and more willing to take on is you know what? It's not my life, it's our life. And it's my life only because literally countless 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 people have done what they've done and do what they do and it goes all the way back and it goes all the way forward so there's the continuity cannot be you you can't parse it and you can't say this section It, it is a completely holistic and whole situation and there's after that. What else can you say? So. <laughs> it,
2: it's so true. Um, um, I like the way that, like the the shirts that we're all wearing. We say, "Oh, this is my shirt," mm-hmm. and the. The store owner that sold it to us says, oh, she's wearing my shirt or he's wearing my shirt. And the person who put together the cloth Mm. um, that sold it to the owner said, oh, that's my shirt that's in that store that that person and all the way back to the cotton picker Mm. that picked the cotton and truly – it belongs to Earth. The the seed. Write that down. I'm going to use that. <laughs> and the cotton says to the soil. Uh, the my, cotton. <laughs> the, the cotton. Mineral made, state of the worms. Right. Keep going. Yeah. You can <laughs> continue to go on to really fully receive this, and it's um, it is each of our conversations is a reflection of what is possible, what we're willing to allow to be alive in us, and also the lens through which we see and through which we create. And
3: And what people need now, I think, desperately, is to make themselves more, not just aware, but also willing to literally ask for help. We're not good, we used to be better, but even then, we weren't good enough. We need to become really good at recognizing what what we're talking about. But what's the, what's the upshot of that? What does that mean? It means we're getting help all the time. But we need to get really good, really kind to ourselves, really loving to ourselves, which really means, in one aspect, that we're willing to openly and without. Being ashamed of it or thinking that somehow that it says something that we're less because of it. We have to realize it means we're more to literally ask for help in ways that ordinarily we wouldn't even think to ask for help. I'm not saying just the ways we're aware of we would like help or should get help. But in all ways, in all ways, there is a hand that you can reach out to that is under your nose that you're not seeing yet. So Mm -hmm. see it.
2: Um, you're speaking to me. I'm just telling you. Is, you're literally speaking to me. And speak, no, I'm great. speaking to everybody. This is This is, great. is, all, of this is all of us. This is all of us. For the universe, uh, because I wasn't good at asking mm. for help. I uh, And truly, I'm so grateful because when the teacher is, re- the student's ready, the teacher appears. And for those that know how to listen, everything can be that teacher and wherever you are listening, whatever it is that y- you would want for yourself, it's a skill. It's, yeah. r- it's a skill to make yourself vulnerable. And, um, with the- and,
3: and to at least a little bit give up one's arrogance and, and no. se- sense of like, I can do it. Yeah, you can do it. And you can do it way better with some help.
2: You can yeah. do it way better with some help. This is not, so beautiful. Not only
1: that, you know, are, we focus on creating miracles and and sharing all the, the we feel is important to creating miracles. I, as you were talking, I was just visualizing. Wow, miracles were just exploding everywhere <laughs> because you're asking for help. It's just like it's how the universe works. It's how things work, really. So what's well, such act, a vital. What I step. say to
3: people is, it's actually a significant part of the divine plan for human beings, that human beings assist each other routinely, that life, a big chunk of life is human beings assisting each other. That Mm. is the divine plan. And
2: um, it goes back to the biology as well. When we're stressed, our heart releases oxytocin. Oxytocin makes us reach out for another human being, Mm. makes us be in service to one another it's literally a stress response of our body if we are stressed and we don't ask for help we're denying our own basic biology as Mm. well so val i'd love for you to chime in here as your dad speaking as we're speaking
4: sure well i just want to acknowledge the title it's not we're not talking here about miracle making or miracle maker it's miracle makers mm. and what we do when we come together one person great i have a lot of energy i can generate this this and this but if four or five of us come together to build something the miracle is going to be four or five times that much bigger just right there mm. so that's that's what's exciting i'm watching it all expand and especially at this time because when when we deny that when we deny that aspect of reaching out for help and connecting and community what happens? We isolate mm. further and further. And then the opposite of the, that bio- biology, there's separation, there's fights, there's argument up to war. Yeah. So, what miracles yes. do we want to be creating? Do we want to come together or do we want to be more separated? My country's better than yours. I'm better than you. My family's better than yours. You know, football games can be fun, but let's not get too serious yeah. with yeah. it. You know, yeah. so <laughs> <laughs> the orientation, yeah, so important that way.
2: That's so, so beautiful. And I think um, as a world citizen, as a global citizen, for your younger self, and Val, I'll start with you. Mm -hmm. For your younger self, maybe even 10 years ago, what advice would you give yourself Mm -hmm. as someone who's hearing this? What advice would you give yourself?
4: Sure. It's that... It's that connection. And especially 10 years, just 10 years ago compared to now, the technology, the technological gains mm. are incredible. Look at Miracle Makers here. It's available to millions or a billion people worldwide mm-hmm. because of this new, brand new technology streaming and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I coded it, our International Centers of Divine Awakening five years ago. It just kind of hit me. We need to broadcast this. We need to get it out and, yeah, yeah. and, and share it. And so thanks to Skype and these new technologies with a bunch of people, we can reach. And so it is global now. Yeah. And the stakes are so big with certain leaders talking about how war is good and let's build up the army. Okay, that's one way to go. But the other way to go, there's so much possible, so many avenues of connecting. Yeah. And 10 years ago, I was kind of... Not embracing Facebook and not not embracing because I, I didn't I didn't feel that connection between looking at someone's eyes and actually talking, but more and more I'm realizing this is how the younger generation is doing. So i I've been surrendering to it, <laughs> practicing my <laughs> surrender and getting used to you know how we can reach out and contact that way yeah. and and so. Yeah, to, to talk to myself from pinterest years ago, I'd say embrace it even more. Embrace this connection. Embrace what's possible with all these different avenues. Mm. Yeah. That's
2: so beautiful, and we teach this. We say if you want to um, affect change, be where the children are. And the children mm. are on social media, on the Internet, and wherever they're going, because we truly want to give to the next generation, we're going to adapt and grow wherever they're going to be able to – deliver for them what we know so they can stand on our shoulders and I know Swami so many stand on your shoulders and uh, (laughs) (laughs) communities and people and the wisdom that um, that is shared what is what is a starting point that for yourself because every day with everyone else you put on like all of us you're Creating yourself to be the best version, to be able to serve to the greatest degree. What is your inner dialogue like at this point?
3: Well, that's an interesting question. Hmm. This, with me, this all started simply by a, a divine directive. And I can tell you the exact words. Make yourself available to people spiritually. So it's remained very, very simple because <laughs> those aren't complex words. That's not even a whole sentence. It's a phrase. And that's simply, that's what my job is. That God gave me that job, and guess what? If that's who gave it to me, I take that really serious, and I'm going to do the best job I can because I know where that came from. Mm. I don't question it and that simply means the rest is for me to figure out and whatever that takes cuz there was there was no detail behind it there there wasn't and do it by doing this and then you got to you know all, it's for me to figure out and it's so simple i have a job and i have to do my job and that's the only part that's up to me the rest is up to everybody else. It's up to whatever happens. It's up to however that goes. And I'm not in charge of the results. And I really can't be overly concerned with the results. My my concern is I have to go do my job. So the way you phrase the question, I think, is the right way to phrase it. But for me to answer you as candidly as I can, it's it's not a burden, it's not something like I have to get myself to do or I have to, it's simply I know what my job is, I have to do it the best I can because it wasn't something that Joe Schmo told me to do. And it is really not for, for me to do anything except focus on that and then whatever happens, happens. Whether five people show up, whether 50 people show up, whether five million people show up, is irrelevant. It's it's the same job. So so there's, uh, I guess what I'm trying to how I'm trying to answer you is I'm not really aware of any self talk other than your job is to do your job.
2: That's so beautiful. So that you're not there's your job is your job and our divine creator would not put your job to be a mathematician if you love dancing or um, dancing if you're meant to and so you're not thinking about a result your inner dialogue is show up continue to show up just mm-hmm. show up and whatever comes you will be there yeah I don't have a,
3: I don't have a playbook I don't have a script I never when I'm with people and it's my job to speak to people I never have any idea what I'm going to talk about because it's organic and it's spontaneous yeah. and it is different every time and it depends on who's in the room and it depends on the moment, so and, and I'm not exactly by personality. There's people can vouch for that. Yes. I'm not Mr. Spontaneity. <laughs> <laughs> I like to plan. I like to know what's uh, what I'm going to be facing. I like to know in advance what I need to say. But when it comes to this work, it's not the correct way to do it. So, so
2: mm. Val, what are some of the miracles you've witnessed with your within the community with your dad's work <laughs> with?
4: Ah, uh, let's start at the beginning with how I got I fell in literally fell in talking about the first wrong I just went for some psychological help. I was interested in I had a psychological bent and him being a psychologist for a long time I said, "Hey, let's work psychologically." He said, "I don't know because of our relationship and, you know, maybe not a good idea, we can try." I said Okay, sure, let's
3: uh, well, oh. I said I can't be a psychologist, I can't be a therapist, but I can certainly be your dad and talk to you about psychological issues, but don't mistake it for therapy mm-hmm.
4: mm. that was the advice. Being a good son, I didn't listen, and I said, okay, let's dive in, let's go. <laughs> um, my nature, my personality is adventurous, so I, let's see how far we can
3: go, how much exploring can happen. Talk about a miracle. I have a yeah. son who's adventurous, because <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm Mr. Like, let's, let's be careful here.
4: <laughs> and within an hour, within minutes, it went from psychological to spiritual. Mm-hmm. And I was not a spiritual guy. I was not interested in spirituality. That was his yeah. shtick, and I you weren't,
3: you weren't rejecting of it, but you you, you showed no personal n- interest.
4: No interest. Yeah. I had just gone from atheism to agnosticism, the decade of a staunch atheist, "there is no god," to finally saying, "Okay, maybe." Let me time to open up Val and see what see what's out there. But again, talking to him, it was just psychological. Mm-hmm. Let's just deal with some issues here. Got a couple of issues like everyone else, and within minutes, this interest and experience of oh there's something different going on here and he's like yeah that's spiritual i said okay and then within the first hour of talking uh i was realized i was able to stop my mind Mm. and turn off my mind like a light switch big miracle (laughs) 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 huge miracle an hour in and so he said val this is the sort of thing that buddhists and others spend decades going for oh interesting said let's go further and i said let's go further you and, said let's go further. yeah you said
3: okay and i said and i said just understand that whatever your motive was which is purely emotional and psychological that this is now about the spiritual so don't say yes to it unless you're um, without the understanding that what you're what you're signing on for is of a spiritual nature mm-hmm so and you said whatever it is uh, let's go for it the
4: openness so i said sure yeah. and the adventure so the i adventurous- put those together yes. yeah. yeah the adventurousness yeah. and in a matter of hours you know over over a few weeks we we did a couple of long multi-hour sessions where i just kept diving diving well, diving discussions, exploring discussions. further it wasn't therapy it wasn't therapy no yeah. it wasn't therapy <laughs> I, An exploration yeah together yeah. and ended up going beyond death mm. which neither one of us expected truly miraculous because yeah. again not expected yeah. And that's the miracle. Yeah. And then months later cuz again I was doing my jobs he was doing his psychological work and 6 months later that's when he got the command or the command. It's a, yeah. command. It's a yeah, command. It's a command to, a command. to, to go spiritual to work spiritually. Yeah. And me trying to stay in open he said "Val can you help me with that?" And just I said yes.
3: And then I blinked no, it's and a, It's a more interesting <laughs> story if you flesh out the personal part. He had dropped out of school years before. Right. I dropped out of college, and, and I had tried for years to talk him into going back to school. I bribed him. I did everything. And finally, I, finally, I got him back in college, and right. he'd That's been right. he'd been in college like I think seven year. or a, a year. Just shy of a year, when this divine mission was given to right. me, and I realized immediately, I'm not a young man. I know exactly what to do. I, I mean, I realized well. If I'm supposed to be available to people spiritually, I got to really start a spiritual center. And I knew how to do that from my work as a as a therapist. And, and I worked for a corporation where I had uh, how many ones? I think 16 psychiatric hospitals around the country that I was responsible for. And my job included going around and starting treatment programs, outpatient, inpatient, starting drug and alcohol programs all over the country. So. I could start a program in my sleep so I realized immediately this is the same just it's a spiritual center not a psychological treatment center so I knew what to do but I realized immediately there's no way I can do this by myself and there's no way I can be available to people one on one spiritually and be trying to set up an organization and there's no way how it feels to me that I could like just hire somebody to be the organization guy the only way right now at least for to, to start is because i really trust this guy
2: yeah.
3: yes if he's at my side i probably can do it so i call him up after finally getting him into back, <laughs> back in the school and i said this is gonna sound i think my first word this is gonna sound very crazy to you but there's a reason, if you're willing to. There's something I want you to help me with, but you would have to drop out of school. <laughs> that's And that's I what see. happened. Yeah.
4: And so I said yes. And it's been literally miracle after miracle after miracle yeah, since then. Because yeah. I saw that he was successful, yeah. and I'll, I'll confess very briefly. I, I moved to LA for acting, I was just pursuing acting. And he said, Listen, you know that I, you've watched me set up stuff and watch me be successful. So we can set up a spiritual center. Your calendar will be free. You can go out on your auditions, do your stuff, pursue your stuff. So I literally started just greedily. And uh, very quickly it shifted into wow. When, other, when you see the miracles around you, yeah. you know, and other people changing and transforming in front of your eyes, it turned from selfish to, wow, great to be of service. And what a miracle that I get to be of service and continue learning, continue challenging, explore, and then end up in a room with people like you enjoying myself and expanding more and talking to more people. This is fantastic and yeah miracle after miracle after miracle from that openness and just saying yes oh,
2: thank you all for thank you
3: thank you well, like, can we talk s- for a minute about so, sure because when you asked the question my mind immediately went to some of the more practical aspects that have happened that i don't know why but it, it gives me the most joy that that this is possible the, particularly maybe the first five years I couldn't help but notice that people would come, and they'd come wanting help with spirituality, but when they said a little bit about their situation, they were in chaos usually in one way or another, often financial. They were sincere spiritual seekers, but they weren't sure how they were going to pay the rent next month. So they came wanting an answer to something spiritual, and my response was, get a job. Mm -hmm. So there was this practical side that I that was was just hitting me in the face and shouldn't be I realized this has to be addressed this can't be ignored so we developed some programs for um, dealing with your financial issues and putting them to bed once and for all Mm. and it's just, I'm just so proud of it. I'm just so thrilled by it. Literally dozens and dozens and dozens of people have taken that, people who are massively in debt and had no way out, people who this is just very practical. So what I, what I told them is if you do this program and you follow it step by step, you cannot skip a step, you cannot say I like this but I'm not going to do that. If you do what I tell you mm. and go in the direction I would love to take you, you can be literally, out of all finance, you, you, that part of your life can become stable. And the vast majority of people who took I would say more than 90% of the people who took it were massively in debt. And every one of those people, is, what I promised them is you will be debt-free in a reasonable way, in a reasonable time frame, not pie in the sky. We'll make a practical plan with a time frame mm. without, you have to tighten your belt, but without severe deprivation and every one of those people is completely and permanently out of debt there are people who started literally with two hundred thousand dollars of debt on a twenty five thousand dollar a year income there's no hope for paying it who are totally out of debt there are people who had never had more than five hundred dollars in a bank account who now have a six-figure
2: that is so beautiful. And this, this is, this Swami, is, we can't wait to have <laughs> you back. Yeah. And Val, we can't wait mm-hmm. to have you back uh, to come share more. Thank you so uh, but much. But that is for, a great message, Joel, because
1: yes. without that stability of that part of your life, it's very hard to, I think, be, yeah. find uh, and, uh, greater depth. Well, poetry. what I say
3: to people is you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be rich. There's a number of basic areas of life that we all contend with that they simply have to be adequately met one is finances one is food one is cleanliness and orderliness one is lifestyle one is sexuality there's these dozen or so areas that if one if and usually we start with at least one or two being out of balance out of whack and then it's and then we always have to deal with a A crisis there's always a fire to put out and we say we want to move toward truth we say we want to find God but then a crisis happens and all our focus has to be on that so what I've how I put it to people what I realized and how I put it out was you don't have to be an expert in any of these it just has to be minimally adequate so there is a base for life where it's not critical again and again and that becomes the base for your spirituality because now you can breathe and move forward because you're not running to put out fires again and again.
2: And thank you so yeah, much. That's... Thank you, thank you, thank you, Miracle Makers, thank for being with makers. us. And we will see you next week. Thank you. <laughs> the past is history, the future mystery.
1: This moment is gift.